Chapter 20, The Black Waters Hands and feet bound, Amory awoke to find himself on a small, black boat floating on the black waters beside the town dock, opposite the looming hulk of the Aeol. An angered assembly stood on the wooden dock above him, casting down words of abhorrence. Some people even threw things at him, causing the boat to rock. A fear of helplessly drowning in the water sprang to life as he sat incapable of movement. Among the crowd that had gathered were Amnes Stoller and Teacher Syacom. Amnes averted his eyes from the boy, and Teacher Syacom stared at him sadly but sternly. Amory's remaining friends also stood amongst the onlookers, Desdell Declan and Gride Brooklyn still. Gride scoffed at the boy like everyone else, happy to see him punished for his crimes, while Desdale's face held disbelief. He was truly baffled and deeply saddened by the actions of the friend he thought he knew. Everything the boy felt then had the bite of despair, hatred, anger, disgust. They all seethed from his pores atop the hollowing emptiness ravaging his will and bones. To Amory, it was everyone's fault he was where he was but his own. His mother's, his friends, the town's, friends, ragdaddles, the world's. He had been deceived by them all. They were all his enemies. Everything in his life was gone in an instant and he wanted to punish everyone for it. He wanted to scour his chest of charmers and plunge the cards deeply into his new foes. But there was not even enough strength in the boy to lift his eyes for more than seconds at a time. He clenched his teeth, the only action within his ability. There is no sense in waiting for those that still might come. Dalblo Gramman, an elder of the Isle, said, We will proceed with the banishment of Amory Demption. The old man's long gray hair blew lightly in the breeze. The crowd rallied and hollered in approval. The seriousness and severity of what the boy had done had already tragically pierced the lives connected. Where's the sprith? Ragdaddle Moonshelly? Amory mumbled from beneath his hanging head to the elder. I don't see him. There are no sprith on Winder. Dalblo spoke in a lower voice so that only the boy would hear him. Say nothing more. Your words are not welcome here. Then he lifted his voice to the crowd. The charges are absolute and need no further evidence. Trespassing numerous times on the grounds of Tempertime Cemetery without completion of the Turnian, enlisting forces from the Apocryphalum, and irreversibly impairing the lives of one father, two children, and two mothers, including, most terrible of all. The old man paused and looked out at the angry faces, so that the full effect of his next words would register in every heart there. His very own mother. The crowd roared and surged forward. Dalblo held up his hands and with difficulty calmed the angry townsfolk enough for him to continue. There shall be no release from such charges, he said, raising his voice to be heard over the angry murmuring. And the only punishment suitable is banishment from the Isle of Winder. Under charge of such unpardonable crimes, I now banish thee, Amory Demption. And with that, Vincer Rond, who stood beside the elder, rotated the small boat so that it faced the open sea, placed one foot on the stern, and kicked the boat out into the black waters. Rocking gently, the boat slowly drifted towards the horizon. Eyes completely strained, the boy was unable to look in any direction but towards the water as it slopped by. It truly was black. Nothing but the sickest and most depressing shades loomed within the dismal surface of the black waters. 
There was not even the slightest of reflections to shun its synthetic origins. The light that touched it was only consumed and drowned as if the waters were a vast and endless pit. The thought of even dipping his fingers within it terrified Amory. He had been given no oars by which to move or to steer, although his bound hands and fatigue would have hindered the use of such tools regardless. His path outward was guided solely by the design of the coursing current hidden below, slowly caressing Amory into the distances of nowhere. He could only look up every few minutes as he drifted gently towards the abysmal horizon. Stolidly, the boy sat upon the bench, hugging his knees with his gaze staked between his legs. The emptiness of choice left him desperate and longing for interaction. He wanted anything that could fill the chasm of emptiness oscillating horribly within him, keeping him from sanity. The words of the sprith were all that kept him occupied. They rattled the boy's being and echoed in his mind as they gave him the only choice of action that remained. An action he despised and dreaded, but knew he would eventually be forced to commit. For a time, Amory stared deeply into the black waters, trying to see beneath, or even within, the blackness imprisoning all that lay below. His mind painted pictures in white ink across the surface, spinning horrid imaginings of revenge and chaos. However, the ephemeral images lasted and entertained only briefly before melting away into the dismal liquid cradling him. When hunger and thirst began to attack his being, the boy knew the time for decision had arisen. He could wait for certain death to defy Ragdaddle's proposition and plan, but it was that very plan that would give him his only chance at revenge. The thought of living and having one more chance gave the boy purpose. And so, when the monster of fate faced Amory with eyes of fire and a smile of delight and asked for his decision, he chose the harder of the two. Amory, unable to lean over the boat and scoop up water with his hands, shuffled over the side of the vessel into the black waters to drink the rotten fluid, deeply and disgustingly. He hit the waters with a sickly thud. It enveloped him in its gracious arms of black. Amory's body restrained him those first few moments he struggled pointlessly within the blackness, but, eventually, he opened his mouth and let the liquid in. The waters rushed down his throat according to its own will. He did not even need to swallow. He was submersed. More and more he was filled with the black waters, filled until not a single drop more could enter. Darkness surrounded Amory, and suffocation entrapped him. But he gradually became aware of a low rumbling reverberating in the distance. Slowly and steadily it grew in intensity until it ripped and roared in vehement concentric concussions around the boy. Bolts of light flashed within the waters at unknown locations around him. One of these bolts erupted directly in front of Amory's face, leaving a stamp of light in his already impaired vision. In this light, the boy was able to momentarily see the enormous Finoth swimming around him, crushing the black waters towards him with its double tail. It was ugly and repulsive and had no head. It was a mutant of muscle and fin, a sleek and appalling black abomination. Hammer after hammer of thundering pounds from this strange underwater creature pummeled the boy while lights flashed near and far. The boy's consciousness, what was left of his thoughts, wavered within the perplexing chaos. All of Amory's bodily functions failed as he yearned for breath and for the pandemonium to end. From the chasm of emptiness inside him gushed a despair unlike anything he had ever known. 
He became a slave to the desolation, losing all of his remaining will. Around him lights flashed, currents pounded and deafened, and his breath depleted. Amri's weakened hold on consciousness was lost. <laughs>